Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So we are in our series um, entitled The Armor of God, and we're doing a little bit uh, extra on this as far as in prayer. I just felt the Holy Spirit led me to to teach on this a little bit. And you may think, well, prayer, I know it's one of those things where if you say, hey, we're going to show up to church, we're going to pray, immediately attendance will drop by almost 70 to 75% because it's just not something people feel very comfortable with. Especially, can I just talk to some men today? Ladies, you know, I always, I try to blend in. Haley's sitting right over here any moment. If she feels like I'm off, she is, you're more than welcome to come up here anytime, baby. Uh, But I just, I just want to be able to talk to some dads and some men today because I think, and ladies, just it doesn't mean I'm not talking to you, but you understand what I'm about to say a little bit. And I know these are general statements, but for goodness sakes, we all know that. Can we just get off of every cause in America for one day and just say, let the man speak and just chill out, you know? I got three girls, a wife, and my grandma lives beside me. Believe me, I understand the world of a woman more than I probably should. My girl's talking to me about stuff, and I go, oh, wow. Are we having this conversation? <laughs> like, you know, I worked construction for years, and so uh, that was stuff you heard on construction job site. When they ask you questions, you go like, oh, where did you hear that? <laughs> Do I have to tell you this? And one of our friends said, you just lay it out. Shock and all, baby, shock and all. Just tell them, just get it out there, and then they draw drops and go, okay, mom, dad, and just pick them up off the floor, and then... I don't know, I have to go bush hog or something after some of that stuff. But as far as for men, and generally speaking, prayer isn't the thing that men typically jump on and say, wow, yeah. Typically, for the most part, if you ask for a prayer meeting, many times, ladies, you are much more, it seems like the Lord has, in a way, you can understand it a little bit differently than a man does. And because of that, many times men think it's, it's a woman's thing. It's a, well, women pray. Look at the women with Jesus. They must have been the prayer people. The guys do this. And I just want to encourage you today, men, as I share some things about prayer, that you hear the heart of God in prayer and that you understand something about prayer that may be a little bit different than maybe what you might think right now. So um, we're reading this scripture out of Ephesians 6. I'm going to read this to you out of the context of the scriptures, and then we'll talk about it a little bit more, okay? So Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 it says, finally, my, uh, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because your battle is against flesh and blood, you can't fight in the way that you think you can fight. First and foremost, you're in a spiritual battle. The devil is not after your kids in the natural. That's evidence of what's taking place in the spiritual. He's after your children and your family, and he's after you, by the way, in case you didn't know it, spiritually first. And it, it, it manifests itself physically in the natural realm. You wonder, why does your kid rebel? Why are they acting so smart-mouthed? What are they doing? Every time one of my kids has this attitude, or they get the smart-mouth, they get, ah! I can trace it back and say, what have you been listening to? Have you been watching? What is going on? Because this isn't you. Like, I mean, I'm talking about normal teenage stuff, just normal. They get up one day, you know, the next day it's like, ah, you know, they say, you know, they think you're an idiot one day, you're the hero the next. That's normal teenage stuff. Just so you remember how it was when you were a teenager. But I can, you know, when it's a difference, when you see a 
you can tell when your children, there's something like not right. What's wrong with you? You can typically trace it back to something either they're listening to, an influence, they're hearing, whatever. And so you just say, hey, listen, do you think that's probably beneficial for you? Well, no. And you can have a conversation and talk about it. But it doesn't mean they're angry with you or upset with you. But I'm telling you, the enemy uses things to influence your children and your family and you. You know, that's why if you watch too much of that stuff on their phone and you get all worked up, what? I can't believe they're doing that! You get all crazy, like, yeah, you want to just, you know, well, how is that going to help anything? Uh, you can pray and then, and then make some progress, but you're not finding it's flesh and blood. That's just a fact. Principalities over regions, they are real, and they influence cities and governments and nations, and that's why there are things the way that they are. You go into one city, you sense something different than in your city. And here's the bad thing. I'm going to tell you something. The bad thing is... You can get real comfortable in the city that you're in and forget what's over you. And you go to another city and say, oh, why does it feel so different there? Well, you, you come back to your city and you're like, huh. Sometimes you need to go out. David went out and he came back in. Sometimes you need to get outside of your familiarity. If all you get around is these seven hills of this county, maybe you need to drive to Marietta, go to Chattanooga, just get out for a half a day, then come back and ask yourself, what does your city sense to you? What do you sense when you come back to your hometown? That you can get so familiar in your region that you just overlook what's going on in your city. Not trying to be weird. Just trying to be real. Right? You believe in the spirit of God. You ought to know there's a spirit of the enemy that's out there working too. Anyway, so, or I would tell you this. The Bible calls it the spirit of antichrist already present in the world. If it's anti-God, anti-Christ, then, you know, it's not of the Lord. So he says this, but therefore you take up all the armor of God so you'll be able to resist in the evil day. And that it just simply means temptation or a day of temptation that you'll be able to stand. And having done everything to stand firm, stand therefore, having girded your loins with the belt of truth, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, which you'll be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take upon yourself the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I already did those six things um, you can go back and listen to all those. And we had the guest speakers as well. Great content. Go back and listen to this. But the seventh, if you know anything about Roman, and I've already mentioned this, but I'll say it again. Roman context of military and the way of God, there was a missing piece of armor that Paul did not give that he would have thought and just said it because he knew you would have understood. It would have been the same thing if we say, hey, listen, if we come together on a holiday and we're going to see fireworks you're probably going to go to the lake or a pool or something like that. You're going to eat some barbecue, but it's going to be a lot of fireworks, and it's in the summertime. What holiday would I probably be referring to? The 4th of July. By context, I don't need to say it's the 4th of July. You know by context what I'm saying. Paul would be saying the same thing. By context of conversation with the people of Ephesus who were governed in the same context of the Roman Empire, they would have understood there was a seventh piece of armor, that is the spears that the Roman military had. Some were javelins, some were pikes, some were spears, some were small, some you could throw, and some you, you put in the, in the ground against horse, charges of horses to impale the horses. They had multiple types of spears. And if you look at the seventh piece of armor here, it's missing, but the context is here for it. And Paul says it is this, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And I told you last week, seven is a divine number. It just means completion. It means fullness. It means to be uh, rich and fat, if you will, in a good way. But it means the number of God. 
prayer is the stamp of God. You can put on a lot of stuff. You can get on the belt of truth, which is knowledge, and you need that. You can put up the shield of faith to defend what you believe. You can do that too. But I'm telling you, without prayer, you have no empowerment or covering from the Lord. That's why Christians get so mad because we know stuff and we fight with each other about our knowledge, but it's not seasoned. We have no prayer over it. So therefore, we fight with one another. As the Bible says, we devour one another over our beliefs instead of just understanding that there might be some people around you that just don't know what you know, and it's okay. Let them grow. You know, when you're growing a garden, there's one thing I know. You don't pluck up your plant when it starts to have some leaves. You let it grow. You water it. You tend it. You nurture it. But you don't fight with it. Maybe they're not bearing the fruit that you're bearing right now. But if you ask yourself a question, were you bearing that fruit 20 years ago either? No. Not me. I know what I was like. My kids ask me questions now and I go like, yeah. They said, mine just the other day. My middle said, dad, you ever said a cuss word? I said, yeah. You did? <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking how much further will this go? Like, God help me, Lord Jesus. Yes, I have, you know. What do you think about it? I said, well, I don't now. And she said, but, but why? What do you think about it? I said, well, I think it's inappropriate. I know it's cool now. Christians think it's cool to cuss. I think it's just a cool thing. It's some trendy thing that we're going through. I mean, Christianity, it's almost like in a fad right now. Oh, let's do what everybody else does. Oh, they're cool. Let's tweet about it. I mean, just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, my faith is a very personal thing to me. It is not tweetable. It's not, I'm not TikToking it either. Whatever they do, you know? It's just so stupid. I mean, I was telling somebody the other day, the foolishness of our culture right now, we are about the dumbest people in society, I feel like, right now. If you were to go back 200 years and look at the mentality of people then, the ability to comprehend knowledge and execute things without going, well, uh, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. That's just side notes. But I'm just saying it is ridiculous. So my daughter, she says, do you know, I said, no, I don't. I don't. I think it's kind of silly. Kind of shows immaturity, especially if you're going to stand up in front of people. You have a whole crowd of people. You bring your kid to something. Don't you just love that when you take your kid to an event? And you think it's because it's publicly a venue for the public. You think, well, they'll have respect. But they don't have respect. They just drop this bomb, that bomb there. And you're like, oh, my goodness. I just brought my, would you please not? Why was that necessary? Because they think it's cool. They think it, you know, whatever. Anyway, that's just a side note. The whole thing about prayer, though, it is the thing that that Paul said you need, and it's the seventh piece of of the armor. So with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. So when we talk about the Roman arsenal, let me throw this up there to you. The six types of prayer, and I'm going to cover two today, specifically for us as dads and men. But these are the six types of prayer, and uh, let's look at them right here. So there's consecration, talked about last week, and petition, talked about that last week. And consecration just simply means, I guess we're going to have a little, while we're just teaching, I got to hear this in the back. Do y'all hear that? That might be kids' church, actually. It probably is. Pastor Stephen probably got it cranked up today. My little son, she loves it. She thinks it's so cool. So um, there's the prayer of consecration. We'll put it up here for you. And then there's prayer of petition, the prayer of authority, the prayer of agreement, the prayer of commitment, and the prayer of thanksgiving. These six right here, the first two we covered, consecration and petition, just briefly before I get any further, consecration. Go back and listen to last week, okay? And hear the words that we talked about last week, the prayer of consecration and the prayer of petition. It's really important because this whole idea of if it be thy will thing that people pray so much as Christians, 
it, it only applies if you're praying the prayer of consecration. Like in your life, you're making a decision about a job. You're making a decision about a move. You're submitting your will to God. That's the prayer of consecration. Nowhere did Jesus ever pray this for people who were sick. Father, if it be your will, let them be healed. And I love this new Christian vernacular that we brought about. Well, if they don't get their healing here, they'll get it there. You don't get healing when you're there. That's ridiculous. And I don't mean to jump on people. I'm not trying to be like, you know, stepping on everybody's toes. But we have got to get back to Scripture. We are just, we just don't know the Bible anymore. There's nowhere where Jesus said, well, if they don't get their healing here, Father, they'll get it in heaven. I mean, God bless us. If we don't get it here, we're going to be redeemed, a new body and everything. You're not getting healing. You're getting resurrection. There's a big difference between what you get there versus what you get here. But Jesus never prayed, if it be your will, Lord, we deliver this madman of Gadara. If it's your will. If not, let him stay in chains and walk around the graveyards. He never prayed that. And so when I'm praying prayers of consecration, I say, Lord, if this is your will, I don't want to do this. But if it's the Garden of Gethsemane, okay, God, I submit, I will do this. That's the prayer of consecration. It robs you of confidence when you pray, if it's your will. God, if it's your will, keep my kids safe. Give me a break. No, that, and I'm going to talk about some mistake, but that's not how we pray to God. If it be thy will is the only time Jesus prayed that was in the Garden of Gethsemane. The only time he ever prayed it. Now, the next thing we look at there, the prayer petition, that is specific prayer. So it's like when we go to God, we don't just say, well, Lord, you know, <clears throat> I really have a need right now. And I, I really need, you know, some stuff in my life. And that's just so generic. Get specific. What is your petition to the Lord? Father, in the name of Jesus, I need a car. And here's how you know if it's a need or a want. If a car shows up, you're happy. If it shows up and you're like, well, it's not really what I wanted. That's a want. You don't have a need. Get over it. The Lord promised to meet every one of your needs. If you got a want, you better get your hand to something. Put your hand to the plow. Get an education. Work hard. But the Bible says the Lord blessed Joseph and everything that he put his hand to prospered. Our culture today thinks, oh, you don't have to do anything. It's just everybody take care of you. That's not true. That's not even biblical. Put your hand to something and watch God come alongside. And he will bless you if you put your hand to something. If you want things. But he has promised that he would meet your needs. That's why in American culture it doesn't work well when you go overseas. You try to apply American culture to the backside of the, you know, Africa or somewhere where we're doing whale work and different things like that. It doesn't work. Because you want them to have what you have. The culture is completely different. They don't have that infrastructure. Well, they should have big houses and stuff, but there's no power. They're just fine in tukles. They don't care. But America, you see what I'm saying? You can't apply what you know in your culture into everybody else's culture. What is your need? Petition God for it. All right, so these next two things right here is authority and agreement. That's what we're going to talk about today, okay? The prayer of authority and the prayer of agreement. And I just want to say this to every dad and to the men in the room right now. <clears throat> And I'm going to say a couple of things, and if it goes south, it just goes south, okay? So just hang tight, bear with me. If you're watching online, I love you. Give me some grace right now, but just hear me out. The idea that today, for men, it is almost you have to be apologetic for being a man. God forbid that your man is actually a man. He got a hair on his back. You know what I'm saying? 
can't grow maybe up here, but he's got it on his back, whatever. He just needs, he's a man. I mean, people criticize me for going hunting, for killing game, for just being a dude. What? It's just this demasculinization that says for a man, just don't be too much of a man. So a man walks around pretty soon. You keep doing that to him, and he walks around pretty soon. He's like this. I don't want to say anything because I'm not right spiritually. I don't want to say anything wrong because I might offend somebody. And I don't want to make too many steps in the church because, you know. Nowhere in the Bible do you see a man act like that. They stick their foot in their mouth more times than you can count. Because they are a man. Can you just give me a moment? That's just what they are. And they're going to do it again and again and again. And you're going to be like, why is he like this? I'm going to tell you, honey, he was like that before you met him. You knew it when you put a ring on the finger and you thought by praying you was just going to change him. I'm telling you, you're wasting your time. Pray for him, but let the man be a stinking man. Just let him be a man. You'd find out you get more out of him. And I'm not just preaching ladies. I'm preaching to guys that are listening to me. Be a man. David was a man's man. If you read him, people like to make out some like this little feminine dude is playing a harp, dancing around. I'm David, and I sing to the Lord. And that's just like, that was him. Do you ever read about what David did? That joker took down Goliath when he was a kid. He charged into the battlefield like some crazy lunatic. Now, every woman in the room right now, if you're watching online as well, you'd have thought about it for a minute, wouldn't you? Now, wait a minute, that's a big guy. You're going to take what? Hold on, David. You're taking five stones? Are you sure about this? Because you're smart. You would have calculated the decision. Wisdom would have said, wait a minute. Um, He's a lot bigger than you. That's why when guys do things that they do, you go like, well, that wasn't real smart. No, it wasn't real smart. (laughs) And here's a, we know it wasn't very smart. We on the backside realize uh, that hurt. But this is why, and I am not trying to put down women at all. I'm trying to elevate something here and say, listen, it's okay to be man and woman. We can be male and female. It's okay. Both have strengths. But today is Father's Day, so give me a moment. Just saying, just give me a moment. All the fellas in the room are saying, shoot, man, what's that mean? Just don't poot in church and like be weird, like burping and stuff. Keep your manners, fellas. Okay, but I'm just saying... Brother needs a little room to stretch out a little bit, you know? This world is telling every guy, you got to, don't say anything. God forbid, you know, you, you have an opinion about anything. It's just silly. When you look at war and the history of war, not always, and please understand, you know, Haley's aunt, military, retired from military, lady is bright, fought in wars, which part of the different things, in our, and I thank God for that. But most of the time, the history of war, who runs out on the front of the line in infantry? Who does? Do you know why that is? Because they aren't thinking about what's happening. That's just a legitimate reason. We don't think about stuff like that. That's why they char- they're willing to do whatever because God wired us certain ways. And you have to understand something, men. He wired you to have something that is innate within you and you have got to understand this. And it is authority. There is not one thing wrong with being a dad. 
Not one thing wrong with being a strong dad. You don't have to be rude or arrogant or mean. But there is nothing wrong with walking into your home and saying, I'm a dad and I'm watching out for my family. It is innate within you. And you can't put it off on the wife. I mean, there's nothing wrong with her. Mama gets crazy if she turns into mama bear. Yes, but she don't have to turn into mama bear if we watch and protect and look over our home. It is necessary. And sometimes we might not do it the right way. Sometimes we might say things the wrong way. But if you look at most, if you watch, most of the time he's doing it to watch out for his family or to protect something. Because it's within us. And the prayer of authority, man, let me just say, and I tell you, I'm talking to fellows right now mostly. I know ladies, just hang tight. But the prayer of authority comes from this knowledge about God that you know what you have with God. And it doesn't have to be lengthy. Let me tell you why most guys don't like to pray is because they think it has to be two-hour prayer meeting. A guy goes, what I pray after that? Like five minutes, I go, I pray for my wife, pray for my kids. Well, now what? Pray for the world? Can you give me a list? Like, I don't know. What else do we pray for? It's because it's been taught and thought that you have to have two hours to get anything done. Watch this. Here's, my, here's a prayer for my family. You ready? Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you today. I thank you for my family. Lord, I thank you for my wife, that you watch over her and protect her. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that no enemy shall come against her. I thank you, Lord, no weapon formed against her will prosper. Lord, I thank you for my oldest daughter. God, I thank you she's she getting older. I pray in the name of Jesus you give her wisdom and counsel and direction in her life. Lord, I pray for my middle daughter. I pray, Lord, I thank you that in the name of Jesus, Lord, she has the understanding and the wisdom to see through culture. I thank you, Lord, that she hears from you always. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my little baby girl. I pray, Lord, that you'd help her as she grows and develops to a young woman. I thank you, Lord, that all she'll ever know is you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, your hedge of protection around her, my middle, my oldest, my wife. I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, amen. Now, that took about one minute or less. But you know what? Listen, when I pray that, I'm not praying it like, God, I hope you do. Maybe you will. No, I'm praying with that from a place of authority. Because the Lord tells me by his word, this is what he says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. He says, truly I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Remember, because heaven is what? What's it? It's not God up in the heaven. What are you binding? Those spiritual forces that are coming against your family. Why do you pray, fellas? Let me tell you why right now. Because there's something coming after you every single day. And all God needs for you to throw up one or two things that just says, in the name of Jesus, give him some angels to fight back with. But he says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. And so what you can do, guys, is simply, Lord, in the name of Jesus, every man in here ought to, you ought to pray this. I pray that you would just loose the resources from heaven over my family. Thank you, Lord, for every need being met. Thank you for blessing me with finances. Why no one prays that? I have no idea. I got three girls. It's like, oh, Jesus, help me. God, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I mean, I'm counting up going like, eh, three colleges, three weddings. <laughs> you know, thank you, God. You always meet my needs. Always in my needs. But you've got to throw some prayers up. And the Lord says this in 1 John five fourteen. He says, this is the confidence that we have before him. Listen to me. Look at me right now. Everybody look at me right now. Confidence. They that know their God and know him will understand they will be mighty and do exploits for him. 
It doesn't mean you got to be an evangelist like Billy Graham. It just means when you know God, when you pray things that you know, it changes how you pray. I'm not praying a hope so, maybe so, wishing so, blah, blah, blah. I'm praying a no-so prayer. He says, this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will. Now, according to his will means his word. So when you say, well, I thought you said we're not supposed to pray if it's thy will. If you know his word, you don't pray if it's thy will. If I know his word, which says all of your children be taught of the Lord, great shall be the peace and the, the flourishment of your home. I know that, so therefore I pray that. I don't pray, if it be thy will, will you flourish my home. I pray knowing, God, you have your hand on my home. Bless it in Jesus' name. Do do you see the difference? If thy will gets very, very lack of confidence. And he says this. He says, whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. So the words, we know, it appears twice. Did you see that right there in the scripture? Look up there again. It says, this is the confidence that we have. <clears throat> before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And watch this, verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know. Twice it's mentioned, which is the stamp of the Lord on this verse. Anytime you see something twice mentioned like that together, it is the stamp of God. And I'm telling you this right now. Listen to me, fellas. You need to pray this prayer of authority. Now, I'm going to read a verse of scripture to you that I want you to hear the context of this and how simple this was. And every man in here, you're going to appreciate this so much when you hear this, okay? And if you're a woman, look, I'm not putting, but I'm just saying, you might pray longer than what you're about to hear. And that's okay too, because your prayers matter. How you pray matters, but a guy is not a girl and he's not wired the same way. And it's okay if we pray differently. Can I get uh, somebody, amen, in this church house today? Because I feel like right now, should I have thrown some hot sauce in the coffee or something? Like y'all, like my friend Dean and Aaron, they back in town this weekend, one of our elders over here. Like y'all should give them a hand. They from Louisiana. Yeah. So maybe I should have got them to bring some hot sauce to throw in the coffee. Like wake y'all up this morning or something. Luke chapter 7, verse 1. This is the story of the centurion servant. And I'm going to say a couple of things that might offend but I, I, I just, I'm just going to lay it online today, man. All cards on the table, okay? You have got to understand the Bible in enough way that you have confidence in the Lord and not in this culture. I just got something. Someone sent me this um, and asked a question about this because of something that's going around now that people are trying to make the Bible say. And I'm telling you guys, listen, if the culture gets nuts and they want to stand on their head and go crazy and do whatever they want to do, that's, that's their prerogative. We, we were all born into sin, okay? Your sin was different than maybe what you see out there this month. But sin, sin, don't matter. Now, I will tell you this. We say that a lot, but there are some sins that are worse than others. We don't like to say it as Christians, oh, all sin, sin. No, it's not. If I sin and if I lie to you, I might hurt your feelings. You might feel betrayed. That's bad. But if I kill you, is that not worse? So stop saying this like, well, I've seen sin. No, it's not. You lie to me, I feel betrayed. You mess with my kids, I'll flat out, man, I'll, it'll be over. Game over. I can't chaplain anymore for the chief. I can't, I'll be done with the, I'll, it'll be over. Game over, man. Because some sins are worse than other sins. That's a fact. 
Luke chapter 7, verse 1. Jesus had just completed preaching to the people that were there, and he went to the city of Capernaum. And if you notice anything about Capernaum, this is the place where Jesus did the majority of his miracles and ministry. It was a Capernaum. Very small town, about the equivalent size of the mall. Now, if you're not from here, there's only one with four stores in it, and Chick-fil-A is one of them. So the mall, Mount Berry Mall, that's it. That's the size of Capernaum. It's not very big. You can get around it pretty easily. So he says, and a centurion slave or a servant who was highly regarded by him. In other words, it's not like the culture in which you think here that we have history of. He had high regards for his servant. That means it was very valuable to him. Okay? And he says he was sick and about to die. Now, here's what the person sent to me. Because the word says, and a centurion slave who was highly regarded by him, people are now taking the context of this and saying, well, that must have been this Roman centurion's lover. And I just thought, the idiocracy of this world has gone to a whole nother level. Because here's the thing. If you know anything about culture at all in the Roman Empire, was that going on? Yes, it was. But if you know anything about the context of this, this is not that type of thing. This is a dude who's overseeing a large regiment of guys, military men. If you know anything about military, if you've seen, this ain't the kind of guys who like, maybe they're hanging out and whatever. This is military. You understand? They're on guard, they're watching stuff and different things. This guy, the context of the sentences, he highly regards him because he's already watching over all these guys. This guy right here is taking care of the house. Doesn't mean that this is a lover. He respects him. And he appreciates what he does because he doesn't have to think about things over here. He's got enough to think about. So he cares that this guy is healed. That's it. But there are Christians today that are sending that out from one sentence and trying to make that into something. Don't you believe it? Believe what God's word says. The context of this verse is this, about the healing of this servant. And so this is what he says next. When he heard about Jesus... He sent some Jewish elders, and if you know anything about Jewish context, if you're wondering why this isn't mentioned in the Gospels at all, it's because it would have been highly, highly forbidden. It wouldn't have been discussed. The reason why Jesus never talked about it is because in their culture, the Jewish culture, it wasn't like ours. It, this is why the Muslims have banned Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear, Toy Story, yeah, all the Muslim nations banned it. Not America, because we're the land of the free and the home of the brave, baby. Do what you want. Why'd they do it? Because their culture would have said no. And that's it. Has nothing to do with the centurion. Has nothing to do with the servant. It's the culture that said no. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Y'all with me? You with me? Y'all going home? Y'all like, you know, checking out like, oh, well, I like your, uh, you do what you want to do. I don't care. I'm not talking about whatever. Just being honest with you. Culture is culture. So Jesus didn't talk about it because it wouldn't have been in their culture. So When he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders asking him to come and save the life of his slave. When they came to Jesus, they earnestly implored him. Watch this. Now, here's how you know who this guy was, the centurion. For he is worthy for you to grant this to him. They would have never asked Jesus to come do this had this guy been involved in some kind of relationship like that. Because they knew you would never ask the prophet to come there if that's going on. Are y'all with me? Y'all okay? Am I messing with y'all too much? Y'all nervous about this conversation? Y'all good, right? I ain't talking about going out with a picket sign and going protest and do whatever you... I'm just being real with you. You come to church, you need to hear the truth. 
All right? This stuff is just getting out of hand out there. And they don't have no background in theology to tell you what this says. Now, I'm just telling you, this is the truth. He says he's worthy of you to grant this to him, for he loves our nation. You know anything about Roman Empire? They did not love the Jews. They hated the Jews. This guy loved the Jewish culture. And he says, he loves our nation, and it is he who built us a synagogue. I've been there. I've seen the foundation steps and stones of this, this synagogue. It's still there today. Now, he built them a synagogue. Now, it takes a lot of people to build a church. I've done it, okay? Done a couple of building remodels, and it's, okay? It takes a lot of people, but it would be awesome if you ever get froggy. And you come to me and say, hey, listen, I just want to build this. Hey, praise the Lord. I will not complain at all. I will be like, yes, absolutely, man. It'd be great. He built them a church. And he says this, <clears throat> verse 6, Now Jesus started on his way with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself further. Listen, guys, listen to me. Listen to the context of this sentence. Do not trouble yourself further, for I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. He understood that he was a Gentile. He was not Jew. For this reason, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. Remember, he understood the Jewish culture. He probably heard Jesus talk about this, that he was sent to the household of Israel, not to the Gentiles. That was his ministry first. But watch what he says. But just say the word. Now, you've got to think about military. Don't think about our business culture and American culture right here. School system where you give a kid 15 chances after he's done hit every kid in the classroom. To kick that kid out of school and make him understand there's consequences in life. No, let's give them all 15 chances. Teachers are got, they're, they're just worn out from all this mess because little junior can't get his crap together. And every parent, oh, this must be the teacher's fault. It must be the principal's fault. It's the school system's fault. It's everybody's fault except for him. No, it's his fault consequences it's called reality but obviously in our culture we don't think that here my grandfather told me this and that's not the same with my kids maybe i'm not i'm not quite as you know the same way but i listen if you ever grew up with the one that would say this to you son next time i call your name i'm only doing it once do you understand me now did anybody grow up with that statement in your house raise your hand if you did what did that mean if he called you twice? Come on, what did it mean? I know we don't like to say it because in our culture, oh, defects and everybody. You can spank your children. Just don't, don't beat them. But you can spank your kids. It's okay. If he called me twice, game over. I learned when Rudy said my name or the whistle. Where... The, 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 it's echoing, and I don't know where he's at, but I'm trying to find you. I'm here. Yo, I'm here. Because in their generation, many of them were military. In that culture, you don't ask twice to carry out an order. The chain of authority is understood when you say go, you go stand your post. And you don't leave no matter what time it is until they come and release you. It's not optional in military. You don't get to say, well, I don't like that door. Get If you even say that, Jack, it's, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. 
speak the word only. The understanding of this military, he said, just speak your word. Mercy. Hear the, the depth of that, man. Just speak your word only. And my servant will be healed. Now he goes and explains this next. For I am also a man placed under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now watch. When Jesus heard this Gentile centurion speak, he marveled at him, and he turned and said to the crowd that was following him, which were Jewish people for the most part, I say to you, not even in Israel... Have I found such great faith? When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant in good health. Here's what I want to say to you men right now, and ladies in the room too, but particularly men. Your words don't have to be long. Read through the Bible and find out how many discourses the Lord gave. And ask yourself, how long was this conversation with people? Gideon, rise up, you mighty man of valor. Here's a couple of sentences, but it's not long. Even when you read the, the first few books of the Bible, Moses gave you Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, all this. When you read the law of God, it's there. The instruction is there, but they had to explain it in great detail. But the Lord doesn't give great long conversations. Makes sense because he's a father. Everybody knows this. Guy comes home from work. Honey, how'd your day go? It was good. And she's waiting for her. What, what about it was good? Well, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, got some work done. Am I telling the tr- Women, how many of you are like, yeah, that's the truth, right? He can't help it. He's on, you're asking him to recall the events of the day, and he's actually going through his mind like, it's nothing there. He just, he's moved on. He's already done 12 hours, eight hours, whatever it is. He's done with that part of his life. And he said, I don't want to relive that. I'm having fun with you. How's your, maybe guys, we should say, how's your day going? Because I know I'll get an answer back. So I'm going to ask you, how's your day going? But that's all right. Because why? God made you that way, ladies. And thank God for it. God, if you look at the scriptures, God created male and female. He is Be careful how you interpret what I'm about to say. But he understands both genders and he is actually, if you read the scripture, he's a spirit. He created both male and female. He understands both because he created both. You understand that? That's why the father can relate to you ladies in the way that you pray. And you know that and he knows you. And guys, listen, you don't have to pray like her. He can relate to you in the way that you pray to him as a guy. It's okay. Because he knows both. This man said... What, Jesus, hold on. That's far enough. You don't have to come any further. I just love it. Just speak the word only, and he's healed. That's it? That's a, we done? We done? That's it. What? I don't have to keep praying? No. What? You, you just, didn't you just pray? Well, yeah, but it's not as long as everybody else's, but didn't you just pray? Well, yeah, well, that's enough. See, we, we think we're convincing God by the length of our prayer. That's not true. The Lord is not convinced by your repetition. Didn't Jesus say something like this? I think somewhere in the gospel he says something like this. They think they're going to be heard because they're vain repetition. Blah, 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 blah. They go all day long. 
And some guys would be like, well, I already prayed. I'm going to go fishing. So hang out with Jesus on the lake. Isn't that cool? Can we do that? Didn't Jesus hang out on the lake? Yeah. And it's all right. There is a place of authority, men. Listen to me. If you can understand it from a military position, all you've got to do is speak the word over your family. Lord, I declare this city has just really made a proclamation, which I don't agree with at all. But I'm not under this city. They may try to proclaim certain things, but I'm going to tell you something. I think you ought to declare something over your city. I declare in the name of Jesus in this city, in this region, people will come here and they'll have mighty strong families in Jesus' name. I don't have to go on and on and on and on about it. I can look at this brother right here and say, I declare in the name of Jesus, you mighty man of valor, be strong in the Lord and the power of God. I don't know your name, but you be strong in the Lord, man. I can tell that young man, look like I'm a smile right there. Why? God just encouraged him. That's all I got to say. I don't even know him. He feels pretty good when he came to church. God just called him out and didn't say anything negative, said positive stuff about him. He's like, yeah, all right, man. You come back next week, right? You might get something else like that. Who knows? <laughs> it's true. But you don't have to have long repetition. But I'm telling you, men, there's a place of prayer for you that your wives cannot fulfill. They will pray for you, and they will cry for you, and they will pour their heart out for you. And I thank God. My wife prays for me, and I thank God for the prayers of my wife. But there is a place where she cannot intercede. And that's the place where God has given me. And, and women, listen, you have a place of authority. We both, men and women, both have places of authority of prayer. But I just want you to hear me, guys. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be long. Short prayers will do. As long as you believe and understand what you're praying, short prayers will do. <clears throat> and let me just say this uh, before we wrap up. Just because you don't see the results you're looking for, don't give in to that. Don't quit. Stand true to what you pray and hold fast to it. And this second one, just I, I, that one's longer. I just want to hit this one just briefly with the prayer of agreement. The reason why this is so strong, because when you pray as a family, if you pray as a husband and wife, you pray separate, you pray together, however you pray, it doesn't matter. But when you come together and you say, like Haley comes to me and says, hey, will you pray for me about? At that moment, this thing that Jesus called the prayer of agreement out of Matthew 18, <clears throat> he said this, and again I say it unto you, if any two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. So as we close today, I want you to he- hear this. There are certain things that the Lord will hear, but you've got to be in agreement on. You've got to be in, agree- in agreement on it. <clears throat> and, you, and the thing about this is, with, especially as a husband and a wife, if you're not in agreement, it's not going to work. You're wasting your time. If you pray with a friend and they're not in agreement with you, it's not going to work. Just a minute, we'll close up. We'll have prayer. <clears throat> folks down here, they'll pray with you. And when you come down front, if you say, hey, listen, I just want to pray. I want you to pray that God will, will help me win the lottery. They're not going to pray with you. If they do, they shouldn't pray with you. They, they Hopefully... Unless y'all get some prophetic word from the Lord or something like that, you know, I don't know. They're probably not going to pray that with you because it's not, there's nothing in Scripture that gives you that ground. Now, they may pray with you, Lord, I pray you bless this person in Jesus' name. I pray that you give them the wisdom for their business, give them the foundation for success. God, they're faithful with their finances, they're always good stewards, and 
Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name, Lord, you give them witty ideas to help expand the kingdom of God. They may pray things like that for you, but they're probably going to pray for you to win a lottery ticket. There's no grounds for that. But particularly if you're a husband and wife, this agreement thing is very important. When Haley asked me to pray for her, I said, what do you want me to pray for? She tells me, I pray for that. I don't add my own thing to it because here's why. That's what she asked me to agree with her in prayer over. And, and just hear me out, ladies, because I love you, okay? Hear me out for a minute. Your fella is a guy. And what that means is when you pray for him, that's awesome. But there are some things, if he says, would you pray for this? If he ever opens up and says, will you pray for me about this? Please don't take it as a sign of giving him instruction or information or trying to help him fix something. Take it as for what it is. He's asking you for spiritual power. Please agree with me in prayer. That's all he's asking for. He already knows probably all that other stuff. But at that moment, his heart is sensitive to the Lord. He's opened up and he said, would you agree with me in prayer? Just let it go with that. And when the Lord gives you opportunity, you can talk later. But in that moment, it's so precious. Do you know how hard it is to get two people to agree? I mean, if I ask you a question here, if I gave you a topic, there'd probably be 40 different opinions. There would be. But if you can ever get someone to agree with you, there's power in agreement. So this morning, I don't know what you have to pray about, but I just want to encourage you fathers. You... You have authority. You have real authority, and you don't have to pray for two hours a day. Now, if you want to, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it either. There's a lot of guys who pray a long time. I, I can pray, but after a while, I pray, and I feel like I'm, I've done. I've done. I'm, I'm finished. I'm, I feel like a release. I'm, I'm good. I, I'm moving on. But that's different. Some people pray a lot longer, and that's nothing wrong with that. But I want to encourage you guys who maybe feel like I don't pray because I don't pray long enough, so I just stay back from it. Just pray something. On the way to work, please just speak life over your family. This earth, this world is trying to come at your family with everything they have. You need to fight back. And Facebook posts ain't going to get it done. And there's nothing wrong with it. Do whatever you want to do. I mean, be you, right? Do you, all right? But I'll tell you what, for every post you put online, why don't you post one up for God? If Christian posted as much in the atmosphere as they did online, we'd probably see some differences going on. But I just want to encourage you with that, okay? All right, so I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. <clears throat> I just feel like maybe some of you in this room right now, <clears throat> you you need prayer for some different things, and... I'm not sure what it's about, but maybe some of you need prayer and agreement. And, and our prayer team will be down front in a minute. They'd be glad to pray with you about anything that you have going on in your heart. But I also feel like there's some of you in this room right now that you don't feel like you have the authority to pray over your family, <coughs> to pray over your, your domain, if you will. Because maybe you've been told that you're not good enough, or maybe you've been told that for some reason you're not spiritual enough. You don't think you're the spiritual leader of the home. Your wife is because she knows more Bible. I'm telling you what has nothing to do with how much you can show you know. It has everything to do with the authority that Jesus has given you. And both men and women have authority from Jesus. Men, I want to encourage you right now. The Lord needs your prayers. He needs you to speak out 
and to declare things over your family. So just right where you are with your eyes closed, no one looking around. If you're watching on broadcast right now, I'm going to pray for you as well. You're in this room, you maybe you don't know Christ, and you think, well, I just, I don't know if I've ever accepted Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. The Father loves you so much, he gave Jesus as your substitute, who died on a cross for you, a criminal's death, so that you could have access to the Father and have the authority I'm talking about right now. If you've never been saved, never prayed this prayer, online or in this room, I want you to pray with me right now. The whole church is going to pray. You won't be by yourself. Just repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, and I ask you to save me. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Father, I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church? Give him a hand, would you? <clears throat> amen, amen. So proud of you. Well, listen, if you're watching online right now at cornerstonerome.com, if you'll take a moment to go there, connect.cornerstonerome.com, you can fill that out for us. We'd love to get you started walking with Christ, give you some tools to help you in any way we possibly can. And I just want to encourage you in this room the same thing. If you've never professed Christ, you just prayed that prayer today connect.cornerstonerome.com or you can use the card in the seat back in front of you and fill it out for us and drop it off either in the offering box or you can do it digitally. We'll get to you. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart and that's Jesus. See you next time.